I love, again, I said it, I don't know if it was on this show or on Leafs Talk, but there is, no, it was here. I was talking about it with Myrtle, how there, there is a different level of roller coaster ride with Raptors fan, or sorry, with Leafs fans than there is with any other fan base. I got Raptors on the mind because we've got Masai Ujiri on the station today at 11 doing his exit media conference, which this is the most exciting Maasai speaking engagement since the cult, the cultural reset year. I think that was 2018 or 2017 where they lost and he talked about it and he hit the podium. It's always so funny with Maasai because he goes up there and he'll say, I don't really know what you want me to say. These things are mostly useless. And then he gives you like 86 sound bites that are incredible. Plus he's coming off a trade deadline where he kind of, for the first time ever limped into the room and did not have the gravitas of a guy who is one of the most passionate speakers and, yeah, inspirational figures of this city. So sorry for the Raptors slip there. But, yeah, it's definitely on my mind, even today, with all of this Leaf stuff. But I mentioned the Leafs roller coaster ride of being a fan of this team is the lows are so low and you just start to protect yourself and you're so beaten down and there's so many scars that you just want to curl up in a ball and say, it's fine. You can kick me. You can kick me while I'm down here. It's totally fine. I deserve it. I deserve it. I deserve it. I'm sorry for ever thinking that something good could happen to me. <laughs> you're nothing. You're a slug. You're worthless. Okay. We get it. And then the only way that you can feel any better about it is to say, well, I never thought they were going to win. It's like, sure, sure. You didn't. Sure, you get to play that move. It's the lamest move I think a fan can do is the the self-hating fan. I hate some things about my fandom. You're allowed to have some reflections that way. Of course, of course, of course. But I do think it's such a tired thing for Leaf fans to always be doing the, I'm out on this team and I'll never come back and I'll do this. There are certain things, certain forms of protest, such as people who say I'm not buying merchandise or I'm not going to games until they win or whatever, stuff like that. I totally get it. But this is the Toronto Maple Leafs. When you're in, you're in for life. You're, you're all right? Forever locked in. You're in for life. <laughs> There's no walking away from this. Even, I'll, I love, this is such an old head move. And my dad did this. And I have friends' dads who do this. They do the whole, I don't really care. I'm not really in on it. And then they can, they can check out a more regular season games, mostly because it's just late at night. So they're falling asleep anyway. But then playoff comes and they're all locked in. <laughs> they're watching all the games. They talk this big game like they don't really care. And then playoffs come and they're right back in the seats, <laughs> caring a ton, getting caught on video, loving the team. But then there are the highs. And people love making fun of Leaf fans for this. They love crushing Leaf fans for going, you treat every game like you won the Stanley Cup. Fine. But that's mostly just because there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of Leaf fans, and so there's a lot of reactions from Leaf fans. They dominate the discourse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shocker. The Dallas Stars don't move the needle the same way as the Maple Leafs do. When the Stars win a game, it's a little bit more muted than when Toronto wins it. But for last night, that was a really nice feeling. Toronto was up against the ropes. Absolutely, they were. Tampa was missing their two of their most important defensemen, two of their most important players. And... There's a sense always of do not blow this. Do not blow this. Do not blow this. Do not blow this. And Toronto came out of the gate and their stars whooped ass. 
wire to wire, essentially. Even the scariest moment of the game, the scariest moment of the game was in the second period where the Leafs were so good that it just felt like things were going to go bad because they didn't score. Because they had nine minutes of pure and utter dominance in Tampa's end. You felt as a Leaf fan, oh my God, something bad is going to happen here. Something bad is going to happen naturally because we didn't capitalize on this, blah, 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 blah. They score a goal, Tampa, and you feel like the world is about to fall apart. Nope, stars come back yet again. What happens? John Tavares, Morgan Riley, Mm -hmm. they combine for, well, I should say William Nylander too because he gains his own on the play. They combine for a beautiful goal, and once again, you kind of get to have this sense of relief. So nice for Leafs Nation last night to be able to just have a game where you get to actually enjoy yourself, okay? Where you get to have like a nice time down at the arena and you got to have basically a party from the third period onward. God, it was good. So I did Leafs talk last night with Justin Bourne, Sam McKee. And again, you should subscribe to that. You check it out on YouTube, SN Now, wherever you want to get it. it. It's up after every single Leaf game. We jump on there right away. But I was talking to you fellows before the show that I do think that the thing that was lost a tiny little bit was how important it was for Samsonov to have a solid game and how important it was for the Leafs to play that way in front of him and for him to be a contributor. Mm -hmm. Because I think you could still sense how tight he was. I think you could sense there were a couple of plays later in the game where he started looking like he was swimming around a little bit, where he was, yeah, just a little jittery. He wasn't holding on to pucks. There wasn't the greatest of rebound control. There was just a few moments in there where you started to feel like, man, let's put it this way. Part of the reason why it felt so spooky when Vasilevsky was playing so well and dominating the way that he was in the second period was you were very, very uncertain whether or not the other guy was going to do the same thing. But one of the most important moments in the entire game was Samsonov making that early save on the power play, an actual legitimate blocker save on Nikita Kucherov, able to put himself into the game. Right from the slot. Right from the slot. Good, clean opportunity. Something that, like, that guy scored on him the game before with... Pretty similar, from a pretty similar area at the end of a period. Like, it was right there. And Samsonov made that safe. And that was huge for that guy. And I'm telling you, those games, that has to be the worst for a goaltender. Is sitting there knowing that your team is dominating, that they're playing extremely well, and that the other goalie is just keeping them in it. And that, man, when the other team comes your way, they're going to start firing cheap shots on you. They're going to start, you know, flipping it from all areas. They're going to get a couple of good chances. And what happens when you start to let them in? Oh, my God, are you going to crumble and are you going to fall apart? And he didn't do that. And the team in front of him didn't let him do that. So hopefully there's a little bit of carryover for Samsonov, who looked pretty mentally shattered after game one, who looked like, yeah, somebody just told him that he was like, he's not going to Disneyland. All right. <laughs> little kid. Like you're not going, you're not going to Disneyland. Buddy. Didn't sign the and he was sad, sad, sad. He was being punished after that first game. And I thought it was really, really big that he established himself and that he was good. The core people are making a big deal of that. And I agree. It was a huge game for those guys. Massive game from Morgan Riley, massive game from John Tavares, huge game from Mitch Marner, right? William Nylander was great. All those guys deserve a ton of credit. The core showed up. They dominated the game. They gave Toronto basically the lift that they needed. No doubt about it. But I have seen those guys do that before. What I really need to see is them do it in elimination games. I think that everybody knows that. Huge moment for them that they can actually turn the tide of this series. 
I do wonder how much we've learned through these first two games. My buddy is here, and he was he's a big Hollywood star now. He's a big superstar. He does Spitting Chicklets game notes. He goes to TNT and hangs out with Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley and Pedro. It's Colby Armstrong. What's up, brother? What's up, superstar? Oh, buddy. Playoffs, the grind's on, buddy. I'm tired. I'm yeah. tired. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you're tired, eh? We're, we're, four ga- we're four days in here. You're barely in. Oh, no. Just I, uh, yeah, you, yeah you, you work a little late, you know, and then yeah. uh, you got to battle to get up in the morning. It's not a big deal, but, like, I'm not going to roll over, you know? I'm not going to roll over. No, you shouldn't. You know? I'm just like the Leafs, right? Yeah. They didn't. Show some they resolve. right? Dude, what do you yeah. do? Because the... The tough one for me, and again, you're in a studio, so it's so much different because you have to be like awake, awake, awake. So I do Leafs talk after, right? I do Leafs post game show. Yeah, and then yeah, I the saw se- you. I think I saw you. I think I, well, I think I clicked over on you, or I saw a clip of you before I, thanks, I fell brother. asleep because I stayed up forever. So thanks. great yeah. job on that. Okay, thanks, bro. But the problem with that is when you finish doing those shows, you can't just turn it off, right? Like no. I always, I always want to eat. And that's the worst is that it's now, you know, yeah, know. 11 o'clock at know. night and I did so good today and I'm going, man, I got my workout in. I was eating everything healthy. And then all of a sudden uh, they all my whole apartment is basically just don't you want to eat snacks? Snacks <laughs> would be good right now. How about a nice crisp beer for you in the apartment? And I just sit there yeah. going with the demons. Just no, 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 no. And Bloody, I don't that's succumb. every broadcast. I know every broadcaster. Like, I swear to God, like from. From eleven thirty on, if you're work, you know, working in the night, it's like doing the late games. Every oh. guy's and and a girl guaranteed. So I worked with Carolyn for yeah. a lot of years, but like it's like, do not eat that little mini bag of chips. Oh. Do not eat that mini Halloween sized chocolate bars that won't hurt you. Don't like <laughs> no. go into the food area and see if there's like one curled up piece of. So from three nights ago where oh, the, yeah. where like the, the end of it is like curled. curling back, yeah. just drying up, but you'll still, <laughs> you'll still eat it. Cause you're so hungry. You're like fighting everything you have, but it's like, yeah, buddy, it, that's, that's how it is right now. That's, that's the grind right now. That's, yeah. this is what we live for kind of like fans, right? It's the best time of the year. Like I, it, it was, it was crazy. And, and this, this year too was, was crazy because yeah. every team came in and won in the other team's barn, in like game one, pretty much like almost every team in this playoff. It's like yeah. the pressure was never bigger. The pressure was never bigger. And just like the Leafs last night, like I thought that that start to score that quick going in, I was like, Oh, Mitch Marner. Uh, yeah, that was just absolutely massive what you did for your team, mm-hmm. uh, just for confidence, because you're supposed to, like the table was set, but still it was like kind of, it's the Leafs, right? So it was like, if there's something that could happen, <laughs> Camp yeah, could have come out, even with all these guys injured. So for him to get to start like that, like how big was that for the fan base, for him to start like that in a game where everyone was holding their breath, you know, right from the start? So massive leaf win massive leaf game for them against a team that just like i think they're as good as they are and as good as they've been and as good of players they have like you just got to hand it to tampa which is is a team that we i know won't go away though Mm -hmm. they're just there's a battle hardened team and huge game too for the leafs on home ice to go to tampa one one that was just huge yeah i wish tampa was that the actual team was located in a better hockey market i know people always say tampa is such a great hockey market blah 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 they're just such a good team they're such a if you love hockey 
an awesome team yeah. to watch. They just do so many awesome playoff things. Even when they're out of it, we were talking about it right before we came in here in the studio, how it's like Kucherov just does those brat moves, right? But he's a superstar too. He's just got that oh, edge yeah. to him where he's flying around and knocking sticks out of people's hand. There was one play where Samsonov catches the puck. He kills the play and he scoots over by the net and like just tries to stick his uh, blade of his stick into Samsonov's glove and the referee has to give <laughs> yeah. him the escort out of there. And I'm like, you rat, you rotten rat. I love it. Well, it's just like these guys have been, have done it all. You know, these guys have done it all and it's just like they know all the tricks. Yeah. You know, they know it was crazy. Like even in a losing effort, they're still fighting and trying to fight the crowd. <laughs> yeah, dude, they give no quarter. Like they, they give no quarter. They no, are just... I was just like, holy smokes. They just know how to play every angle. Even when they're out of it, they're even working other angles. Yes. And, and man, that was, that's why it was so big. Like you said, that Toronto just established themselves and really never took yeah. uh, their foot off the pedal. That all game long, they just kept it pressed to the floor and decided to go, no, 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 we're not going to give you this. And that's why I was sort of back and forth on the fights. Last night, I was sort of against. I was saying, why would you want to give them that little bit of something to build off of where you let Janot have a moment and Corey Perry gets to just beat the brakes off of poor Justin Hall, who's got now the two worst turtles in the NHL this season. Good for him for taking these fights. But yeah, he's got a loss to Ryan Nugent Hopkins and now to Corey Perry, where both times he was turtled on the ice. And you go, damn it, man, this sucks. That sucks so bad for you. You're doing the toughest thing that not no like this is what's so funny 99% of the planet would see those guys and go we would not even consider fighting that young man he would oh, he's, be he's so a bad big guy yeah. yeah look how tall he is holy jeez no, no I'm saying that he actually is a gamer for taking these fights at least a couple of times and now we're looking at him like what wow that guy is a wuss he can't fight at all it's like dude he would kill this everyone like, like, yeah this is the guy that's like where the boys are like, way to go. Yeah. Way to go, Halsey. Way yeah. to show up. Way, yeah, to, show way to show up. up. Now it's just like, hey, hey, don't do that anymore, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has to pull him aside. Hey, we, we get it, man. You did your job. You hey, did your thanks, job. You know, yeah. Yeah. We thanks, appreciate so. you, man. We appreciate you. But yeah, don't be doing that anymore. Okay. So yeah, let's go back to, <laughs> let's go back to that first goal, though, because that was huge, right? And I, and I think about this especially, oh. too, is. Marner draws the penalty and then he shoots and he scores. And something for him in the past has been, it was kind of almost easy to forget as he was dominating last night, that this is a guy who's been chased around by playoff demons for the last bunch of series that people, he was publicly public enemy. Number one here where people were going, man, this guy never looks to shoot. He's always trying to make the extra pass. He's not going into the dirty areas of the ice, or he's just not able to do it because of his size. And that's the difference between the regular season, the postseason. he's flipping pucks over the glass and costing the leaf series. He's looking like his body language is horrific and he's not able to do this. And I thought as good of last as last night was for Morgan Riley, as good as it was for John Tavares, it was a nice, just statement game from Mitch Marner to go yeah, I'm one of the best players on the planet and I'm setting the tone of this hockey game and I'm the one that is going to take the pressure off of the rest of my team and in this building. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And yeah, you're right. Like what a dipsy doodle dance gets hauled down. Like that's what he has to do. And then to get the first one, like, I think that's just so big for, yeah, for, for individuals to have the games they had, right. Would admit you had three points and then I think Morgan Riley who four was on it was super noticeable four points, right? Mm-hmm. Like just with his legs, just creating and all over the place. And, um, 
I think for those guys, it was just so big individually and, and just a weight off your shoulders. It's like, you know, you, you start something and, and you're, you know, hoping everything goes good for it to just like go good that early that mm-hmm. it, it allowed it to just like breathe through the whole game, you know? So look, it hasn't been easy 20 years now for this core, for these big boys, for this group, it mm-hmm. hasn't been easy. And I don't think it's still going to be easy, but it's like for, for a hard, the first like hard part where you get absolutely destroyed, tested, everyone's pets heads are falling off for the last day in Toronto leading into this game. And, you know, everyone's on pins and needles, hoping that it could go their way. Don't think the players aren't like that either for the fans, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone was feeling that, like the team was feeling that too. They're like, okay, holy we just got rocked. You know, we got rocked. We got to regroup. We've got to have it um, for certain guys to have the nights they had inside of this night, like game within the game almost is I, I think really big. I think, I think it's really big for the, for the team, for, for this group. Um, and obviously really big not to go back to town, town to, to do nothing, but would have been over. Uh, would have been completely over. Yeah. There would have been no shot. I don't care. You know, T- Hedman, I always no Hedman. say this. I always say this. Even about like you know, let's let's just say talking about Crosby, mm-hmm. like when you're that good of a player and you're supposed to do it, that's fine. But when you actually do it, mm-hmm. that's that's like the that's real. You know, that's real. So I I think the table was set. They had guys out of the lineup, Chernak and Hedman. Uh, you've got to now win a game, but the table set where you're missing some key guys. You have to win. It was totally set up for it to go totally wrong. But when they're supposed to do it, and they actually did it last night and did it in a statement kind of way, mm-hmm. I think is, is 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 huge. No, it's massive. And when you're talking about like the good players doing it, like actually getting it done, yeah. Mitch Marner now yeah. has six points through two games. He's got to at least feel like he is settled into this series and that the stuff about the choking, hopefully anyways, that is giving him a little bit of added uh, confidence when he's moving forward into these bigger games, the the later and yeah. later it gets into the series, he's going, yeah, guess what? I did blow one by Vasilevsky already. I, I do have multiple assists. We have dominated these guys. Is there anything more impactful, though, seriously, than this? Because Cooper, I got to say, I really respect John Cooper. I love the way he handles himself. He was just a beast at the podium again last night where he's mixing in. We're not. He's the man. He's the man, dude. He's just out there. Yeah. And, and he's terrifying because uh, he's just... I don't know what the media is like in Tampa night in, night out, especially when they're an awesome team, how much he's getting challenged. And I know that they weren't very good for a long time, but you would think like a guy like that, when he has to step up into the media circus that is here, right? Where there's a million reporters firing a million different questions that maybe he wouldn't, he wouldn't have his A game ready for him. And he's just dominating guys. Like there was one moment where someone asked him about the least center depth and he goes, yeah, like, do we, what, we don't have center depth? Like, challenges right back. He goes, I'll take my three guys over any three guys any day. And he basically just walks away from the podium. And I went, that reporter, I, if it was me, I'm never asking a question again. I'm just putting my microphone in the middle and just whatever questions the other guys want to ask, I'll just write off of that. You know, I'll just, I'll just work off of what you guys get done. Because <laughs> oh, I know, that, was, that just, was lethal. Oh, he buried him. It was horrible. But I do love <laughs> that he's not making any excuses, right? Like, that is, he's not even hinting at it. He's he he said no excuses. We've won games without Hedman before. Oh. He's bringing up the other you know guys. What's hilarious? Yeah. You know what's hilarious? So we're getting ready to work uh, last night at TNT. Everyone's in there, and Shaq comes through, and all the all the big boys that you mentioned off the top yeah. when I came on, and all your good and buddies. Charles. So you you know that he's like a coop 
He's, fan, he's friends with Coop, and yeah. you know, I think he's pulling for Tampa. Um, but he comes in and he's like, he's like, "What do you guys think's gonna?" I can't even imitate his voice. It's so you, you know. Yeah. He's like, "What do you guys think's gonna happen?" And I'm like, "We're just sitting there," and he's like, "Oh, they're they're good. It doesn't matter if they lose. You know, doesn't matter. They're gonna lose." And I'm like, well, they're missing some key guys, you know? Like, they, should, they shouldn't win. Mm-hmm. Like, in this game, they should. And he goes, yeah, it doesn't matter. I already got our win. We're just going to go back to Tampa. Not a big deal. You know? <laughs> I love that. Where and, like, he said That me? was his thought. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And maybe Coop is like the same thing. Like, they yeah. knew coming in, maybe we could win this one. We'll give it a go. We're missing some key guys. Not a big deal. And... And then I'll just let everyone know, like, hey, we know what we're doing here. Like, mm-hmm. we're still, we're we're like a chameleon kind of right now. You know, we're we're changing colors a little bit, and blend in, the play role. But hey, you you watch yourself. And by the way, I believe in my team. I believe in my guys. Like, I know what they can do. I don't doubt them. I don't bet against them, and neither should you. Like, mm-hmm. what a what a like what a cool. I think the ultimate trust is between these players and coach in Tampa just for what they've been through through the last number of years. So, yeah, the game within the game. The game within the game. Yeah, and and I respect Tampa. And we're I, seeing it. I, I don't want to write them off, obviously, because that's crazy. It's 1-1. Yeah. They, just, they just had this. But, man, watching last night, their blue line not be able that, – that nine minutes in the second period where Toronto just completely poured it on and went, yeah, sorry, who do you have back here? And Vasilevsky really kept them – that that that's the craziest story of the game. Is Leafs won? They scored seven goals, right? Could have been ten yeah. easily. Yeah, could have easily put double digits on them. If that's any other goalie back there during that nine minutes, really? Who? What? Shesterkin, maybe? Or uh, you know that? That's it. That's the guy who back who's back there that you feel like is going to maybe keep some of those pucks on that. Toronto was just pouring it on those guys. They can say yeah. the no headman thing or that they've lost different forwards in the past, but Tampa was always deeper than who they were year over year. And to lose Chernak and to lose Hedman and to know this, yeah. Victor Hedman's not missing that game because of something that he's going to recover from over the next couple of days, right? Same thing with the Bergeron thing in Boston where I'm terrified if I'm a Bruins fan right now going, so this guy who played yeah. with a punctured lung is not playing in games, so what? he's healing this week. No, he's not ever going to be the same guy for this playoff run. And that's how I feel about Hedman. Even if he comes back, what are you even going to get at this point? It just feels like, man, Toronto has them in a spot now where maybe they're just a little too thin. Like, are there ways that this is the year? Yeah. That's why this is like a year that they could get it. That's why everyone's thinking that that's why, you know, everyone's finally like, okay, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Leaf nation. You know, this is finally because they've been played so much hockey. They've just had so many things. They've been through so many things. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. they played dinged up like probably for a long time. Yeah, lots of guys are playing like that with them, right? It's just crazy what they've done. They've played like an entire season in the last number of years. Inside of that, yeah. So it's like it's it's it, 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 and then and then you add on top of. Now those guys are actually missing, you know, had no headman, no Chernak. That depth is kind of like, oh, oh where'd that go? So, yeah. There's no more McDonough it's, there it's, either. It's like the year. Yeah, yeah. no more McDonough. Uh, yeah. Like, is this the year? Is this set up for them? Just it's like the perfect timing and in a revenge year after losing come them coming back, winning in game seven in your house. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Like, this is it set up for them just to grab it and take it. Yeah, I just, man, if Toronto... If if Hedman doesn't come back, 
And again, even if he does, looks like a facsimile of himself, like a he's just not he's not the same yeah. guy. Toronto just unbel- if they end up losing, then it's proof that they're choking dogs who choke and yes. can't do anything. Yes. Like there's Both just fights gonna be brutal. Yeah, yeah. It, it just because the talent, the depth that Toronto has, the fact that they just look healthy, spry. Who on the Leafs looked slow and beat up? Maybe Gio, right? Like Giordano looked a step slow in these first two games. And what a gamer with that fight too early on. Just love the guy to death. Just so great. Real scrap. Gets in his face and throw, chucks him. The crowd loves oh, him too. He was throwing him hard. Oh, dude. dude he's, he put everything into those. I absolutely. I looked up and I was like, because that's my guy, Bogo, yeah. right? Bogosian. Yeah. I played with him in Atlanta. Just great guy. We drafted him. But Imagine fighting um, him. Bogosian. He's yeah, a monster. His dad was huge. like, yeah, he's, he's free. You've seen pictures of his dad, he's a right? Freak! Oh yeah, I know. I yeah. know him. Yeah, he's a freak. He ripped. <laughs> and, and 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 Gio just stands there. I had to look double, yeah. look twice. I'm like, who was that? And yeah. then I saw the replay of it. I'm like, oh my god, he landed a lot of. He had some pain and anger in those yeah, punches. I know <laughs> it. The absolute fella, the absolute guy. I love him. Anyway, that's just oh, yeah. that's a great moment for him. Also, big moment for Saskatchewan. You two guys, the oh, two local God. sons. You're welcome. You're yeah, welcome. I know. What a good tilt that was. It was just. <laughs> Those two beasts. Dude, the craziest part about that fight, now we're a little off track into the fights, but is that Shen, oh, landed, Shen landed on the button twice on Janot, like Lefty. clean, yeah, left, hard, and Janot just didn't, wasn't face at all. He doesn't even have a mark on his face or nothing. I saw How? him in the penalty box. It showed him. He just sat down, and then he's going calmly, like, going to fight How? a fan in a yellow hoodie in the yeah. stands. I'm like, nothing. <laughs> I know. These guys are just like, they thought they were at like a, at like a field party with yeah. their trucks, truck <laughs> yeah. beds open. Country just music crank, they just finished crank, they just finished cranking a couple pillars and yeah. for the fun of it, we're gonna have a fun <laughs> face punching contest. Man. Those, it was an absolute beast fight. Also, I said it on Leafs Talk last night, but I agree with this. I'll never change my mind about this. I don't care what the fan base is. The second that guy in the yellow hoodie started like slapping his chest as though he was the man. Because oh, you yeah, know, yeah. all I wanted was them to lift the glass. Just someone to go, actually, you know, <laughs> the glass is no longer here, and now this guy's actually in your face. What I would have paid for that moment to happen, right? This guy is doing the tough guy act. If those two guys were in front of each other with no glass and security, Yellow Hoodie is genuinely licking Janot's boots, just trying, <laughs> pleading with him, like breaking out everything. Here's a picture of my son, you know, holding up his wallet, trembling oh, his as pants he's just. Would have been, oh, his pants full. would have matched his hoodie. Full. He, yeah, he would have yeah. wet himself. Yeah, 100%. It was, it's just <laughs> aggravating to watch that, right? It's just, it's impossible. Yeah. It doesn't matter what fan base you're a fan of, watching Yellow Hoodie do that. I went, oh, oh my God. Yellow Hoodie. Yellow Hoodie. Yellow hoodie. Uh, you heard yeah, Esposito well, too, right? Do you think he's waking up in the morning and like everyone's like, dude, he's his neighborhood, because they know it's him. Yeah. Do you think they're saying he's the man? Get yeah. out of here. No, I do because oh. because a guy who does that is annoying. You know, a guy who does that in yeah. real life is annoying as hell. And so he, <laughs> he obviously yeah. walks around the neighborhood like the cock of the walk. And I bet you his neighbors kind of sneaky hate him. And but he's probably the dude that does throw yeah, the barbecues, yep. and he's got some money because he was sitting right there. So people kind of like, yeah. you don't do that move if you're just a regular normal oh, no non-jerk. He, okay, this is what he did. He woke up, yeah. and he's the guy. He's that guy. Yeah. He woke up, and everyone else woke up after going, "Oh my God, that was Laird. Oh yeah. God." 
What's he doing? Oh, my God, look at him. Oh, he's going to fight. You know, this is crazy. Look at this guy. And then do you think like they, they woke up the next morning and that guy sent the clips of himself to yes. all the neighbors? I do. Like I think he's the it? kind of guy that yeah. was going, I yeah, got in his right. kitchen. I got in his <laughs> kitchen. Because when you're that kind of person, that's what you're looking for, right? You're trying to get a reaction. It's why, dude, it's why I don't, I try not to reply to the haters on Twitter anymore. I used to do that stuff where I would go, I'm going to try to dunk on you back. But they just, they're so happy they got seen by you. Same with blocking. I don't do that anymore. I just do the mute, right? I don't block anymore because if somebody gets blocked, they're like, yes, I got to this guy. I got in his head. And it's like. You did actually, but I'll never let you know it. <laughs> you did. You hurt my feelings. Some days I'm yeah. impervious to the tweets, right? Where it just I'll read them and I'll just be laughing. I don't care. And then the one day you'll just be sitting there scrolling yeah. endlessly, oh. and some guy'll st- stab you with one, and and you go, <laughs> you literally never recover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I go, I go. They're absolutely right. I am a fraud, and I'm terrible at this, and I should retire, and I'll probably get fired soon, and I'll just go work at a gas station or something because. I don't belong here. <laughs> yeah, just, I get it with it so hard from time to time. I know. It just stings, man. Felix, I, why do these people think I don't have feelings just because I talk to a microphone? I, do, I don't ask them for money. They don't have to pay for this. It's just free. They can just turn it off. Why do I have to be so mean? <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is the big one I asked Borny last night, and I want to ask you too, is oh, how much do you think funny. we've learned about this series considering that it's been two complete blowouts yeah. and we basically only got four meaningful periods out of the six i i just i would like to know okay good glad we're talking about this because we're rational we're rational people Mm -hmm. regular people but like it was like the last few days after the first blowout loss that tampa laid the boots to them in game one Mm -hmm. it was just like it was it it was i don't know is this normal to be seeing people reacting so like crazy i don't know like, it's just like it was game one. Let's just face it. I had everyone go, yeah, you didn't see last year. What happened last year? Oh, yeah. You know, it was the reverse, right? <laughs> the did, Leafs embarrassed Who Tampa. do you know that said that to you? Like, that's, how I read, that's, how I, no, that's how I read angry people's oh, okay, tweets. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, They sound kind of yeah, intimidating, though. Yeah. They sound kind I of know, intimidating. That's how, <laughs> that's how it goes in my head. Yeah, I know. And I, I, I read them. I'm like, geez, they need to relax. Meanwhile, yeah. it's probably not that crazy. I feel like they're hyperventilatingly, like, they're, they're insane. Yeah. But it's, it's what a roller coaster two games yeah. for the Leafs. For Leafs fans, yeah, hang in there, guys. Just getting started, and maybe it's not. Maybe this is it. Maybe they're not going to win another series again. I don't know, but I'm here for it. Yeah, it's going to be crazy, <laughs> dude. This is why. This is why I don't. It's it's hard because I know there there's so many fans, and not every fan does it perfect and whatever. But yeah, they, like Leaf fans do get dunked on a lot because they are roller coaster riders. But it's like yeah. they're on a roller coaster they're ride. Parade planners. Yeah. They're parade planners. No, but, th- I, but that's why. I, see, I know you say that because that's where your West Western Canadian comes out. You can't help it. It's just been. It's in your DNA I for you to make that, that joke. Already, like last night, everyone was doing it. They're planning the parade. No, but they're just happy because there's been nothing bad. There's been nothing good, dude. So you have to soak up those moments and enjoy it. And like. Put yourself in the shoes of these Leaf fans, yeah. too, for, for a second here. You get embarrassed game one, right? The whole world is going, yeah. is this going to be final of your year and your team is perfect and you brought in Ryan O'Reilly and you brought in Nolachari and you brought in Luke Shen and your goalies have been good and you show up against Tampa and they score on you a minute into the game and it's their fourth-line gritty guys and then their best players 
dominate your guys. They show up and they whoop your ass and you leave there completely embarrassed and shell-shocked. And all of a sudden, yeah, the potential of, nope, you guys are chokers and nothing good can happen to you is like right there on the table. And then you pay money to go to that arena or you sit down with your friends or you go to a bar and you put yourself in public yeah. and you're scared as hell. And then all of a sudden the <laughs> Leafs come out and they actually put the game away and they don't make you sweat it out where you have to sit there all game long living with all your fears and anxieties, right? You just get that one night yeah. where it's fun. And then you're happy. It's about okay it. to do that. Though. Yeah, I know that's, that's what, what I'm saying. Carrying. It is okay to do that, and you're the one who was trying not to do it. Give no, it I'm to saying them. it's okay to do that, but like, uh, you know, I'm on the outside looking in and like yeah. trying, trying. I'm not in that really, so yeah. I know what it means in there. Though I know what it means. That's I right. know what it what it what what it means. But when I like now that it, that this is happening and like the storm has begun, either good or bad. Yeah. It, like I I read every comment. Like <laughs> you're just in your bed eating, eating, your, like, eating that curled up pizza, just reading yeah. Lee fan tweets, going, "These guys think they're so hot." Now you're such a Western oh, Canadian no. guy. No, 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 I'm like I'm like look at these guys. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. They're not gonna win a series. <laughs> yeah. It's like. Then they stomp the then they stomp them and I'm like oh, oh, oh planning the parade yeah I know Are that's what I'm planning? saying that's that's what I'm saying that's the view from the haters perch but that's how You're, it is though yeah that's how it is though living and dying the ride of your life yeah. day in and day out each day is a different day yeah and it's fine ride that thing baby hey. ride it that's playoff you know you know what parents good parents say to their kids right they go live each day to the fullest. And that's what yep. Leaf fans are doing. They're living it to the fullest right now. Yep. And and that's what it's saying. Let the haters on the outside hate Leaf fans. Because everybody in this market who actually loves this team knows the truth. Nobody ever plans the parade here. In fact, when you start having conversations about anything beyond the next game, you get chastised by this fan base. People, this is the number one chicken, you know what, fan base sometimes when it comes to even just saying things out loud. Do you know what my mentions are like? Whenever I say something positive about this team, people are like, you jinxed it. Oh my God, yeah, that's I how know, fragile it is. It's like, you you say <laughs> so one thing, you're like, you know what, I think they could win tonight. People are like, you the ruined PTSD. it for all of us. We the all had PTSD is real. <laughs> yeah, we were all going to keep quiet about it. And then you had to say the team was good. We're ruined. We'll never recover from this. It's just doomsday. That's how bad it is here. So, no, when yeah. people are happy, when they get a good true. night where people get to celebrate in the bar and actually have a good time because the hockey team didn't stab them in the back like it has the entire time of their existence, yeah. then I'm cool yeah. with it. I'm so stoked for everybody. And now this is what happens. Everyone hears euphoric, and this, and it's basically going to end. I could tell you, like, today around, I'll say, 4 or 5 o'clock, it's going to end. People are going to get all their takes out at work. They're going to have their water cooler talk. They're going to be around the office going, hey, wasn't that game great? And then that part of their day is over, this part of the day. And then it moves into, oh, my God, they got to go to Tampa. Oh, I saw a video of Hedman skating. He looks good. Oh, no. Apparently, you know, that's apparently somebody, <laughs> yeah. you know, does it. Giordano might have a thing from the fight. That's oh, the terror zone is going to build up. The anxiety is going to build up. And then by the time you get to Saturday, every single Leaf fan is going to be texting each other going, I feel so sick. I don't think I can watch this. I don't think I could do it. So, yeah, of course, there's euphoria when there's like this massive I release. I totally agree. Yeah, there's I this totally agree. There's this massive, massive release of all of this stress by the way okay do, do you have any other thought on leaf that you want to do with me because i i need to talk about one other series with you before we we go here i just say i'll just say this what day is it today today's friday yeah, right it's friday oh yeah enjoy what a friday probably yeah. 
you know, no one's at work because no one wants to work on Fridays. No, no. one cares. No, so Fridays are no done. Fridays are canceled. Everybody, the economy yeah. is just taking a bath on people on Fridays yeah, right no now. no one cares. So Buddy, I take the subway like to work every home. Friday. I think it's like a long Ghost. weekend because there's no one on the trains. It's <laughs> yeah. just everyone goes, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm not crazy. coming in today. Buddy, the, you should see the youths that I hired for this show. Like, right away, they were going, uh, how many days do we get to work from home? Like, uh, none that I, what are you talking about? They're negotiating with me right away. <laughs> They're going yeah oh, you need to go old school safety oh. style on them like jenner and janelle and just yeah. be like hey, listen Buddy. if you win against me in a face punching yeah, contest right now you can work from home on friday yeah. <laughs> that's on hey joe do you agree <laughs> yes i do yeah, you do okay done. <laughs> you know what he is a false confidence guy so i'm not surprised but by if this. i said no then i'm claim. so yeah you know what you were in a lose-lose position exactly. that is right so yeah you're yeah. gonna die now because of your <laughs> lack of com- because you were overly confident anyway so yeah uh you're right. It is Friday. The vibes. So I just think high. enjoy the Friday, yeah. right? Like what a win for them last night. It'll, it'll ride you into the weekend yeah. into, you know, the next set of games on the road. Yeah. And, and it's just, that's, that's my last thought. So Leaf fans, Leaf fans, they can breathe. They can have a good Friday yeah. sitting at home, not working. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just don't, don't Colby. If you don't go to him. Leafs lose this next game because you already got a preview. Oh, I won't do anything. Yeah, I won't do anything. <laughs> just, yeah, stay out of it's it. It's just I know the roller coaster. Yeah. I know the roller coaster that it is with it. Like yeah. it's it's gonna be nuts. So enjoy the Friday, yeah. everyone. Hey man, I'll That's tell you this. Say. This is my favorite. Enjoy the ride. This is my favorite. Actually, is I I love obviously the Leafs games are what get you the most. I picked the Leafs. Yeah, I picked the Leafs. The Leafs in six. I picked. Yeah. I now think... me saying that. That, that exactly what we talked about. Me saying, "You jinxed them." Yeah, you I know. Idiot. Of course, you did. Yeah, everyone gave it to you. They were like, "This is what you." Want. And guess what? Even my, even my leaf heart, part of me goes, and I, I've changed my ways many for over many years of now doing this for a living and blah blah blah. And it's not doesn't mean the same to me. But even in my heart, my defensive move was to say when you said that is not that you, you know, you're a professional analyst and you do this for a living and you made a pick with just what you actually thought. It's I'm thinking in my heart going, you did that hoping that it would jinx them in reverse curse and that you, (laughs) (laughs) you, you did, you took whatever little portion of uh, karma in the universe and you tried to blame you. Yeah. You tried to use it against the Leafs. I see you (laughs) Western Canadian. I know what you're up to, man. I've I've been to where you're from. I know what it's like there, buddy. You you don't fool me. Anyways. uh, So the other playoff series stuff, because this is my favorite time of the year because you get to do the channel flipping. Like, when you're on the Leafs game, yeah. you're locked into one thing. But then the game ended last night, and I just got to sit on the couch and watch the Jets game. And then I get to watch Whoa. the Kraken game. And, well, abs. Whoa. And then I get to watch... Uh, it was actually a pretty good kind of close finish in the Suns Clippers. The Warriors game was out, but there's like four heavyweight games happening all at night. And I'm just sitting there on the couch, rotting, eating the pizza slice with the curl, you know, just <laughs> yeah. loving life. Right. Just this is me at my purest. This is who I am. Right. Like this is who I am at my core. Just a guy eating snacks, watch it flipping four games and going, yes, this is this is my heaven. Right. Like I love it so much. But I finish Leafs talk and I go and I see that it's one nothing Kraken against Colorado. And I'm going, boy, oh boy, I cannot wait to watch this game. What's going to happen here? And then I get to my couch and it's two nothing Kraken. And I'm going, oh my God, what does this do to the league if if Colorado gets bounced right? And then Colorado. It's a shorty. It's a shorty. 
and Tanev blows a kiss yep. to a guy's wife right yep. in the front row at the stadium. Dude, like, Tanev? Oh, boy. Tanev? You know what I called it? What? I called it the kiss of death. Yeah, I know. Tanev, it's a regrettable one. <laughs> the worst part is, though, is Tanev is such a gamer, right? Like, he's in there in all the scrums, oh, yeah. and he's just not afraid to mix it up. And just a, a great playoff player. Like, the totally the exact guy that you want to have in those games. But, yes, he... The kiss now is they're they're dead. Like there's no way they're coming back from that. You know what that was? That was like when like World Juniors were in Buffalo. I think I think I was playing for the Leafs at the time. Uh huh. The and, outdoor game. And one? Luke, no, Luke Shen's brother, Braden Shen, was on the oh, team. Okay. And they, remember, he scored a goal and like did the jersey flap. Yeah, of course. The logo, like yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of guys do that yeah. though. And then. And then, yeah, I know it happens a lot, but yeah. then Russia stormed back and every goal yeah. they scored, they were doing, doing the, they were doing the Jersey yeah. thing. Why did you like, remind oh. me of that? That sucks. I hate that. That hurt my heart. I just, like, as soon that as you killed started me. To, yeah, I know. Like, ugh. yeah, that oh, hurts. Killed me. But I was like, when, when those things happen, that's like the kiss, the blow, the kiss, like they're, they're run, mm-hmm. they're killing. They're, they're so confident. They're against the defending champs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just one little thing like that. And then boom, boom, boom. Three two, it's over. But uh, Seattle for me—that's the first thing I think of on of like a, a mojo karma thing. I'm like I always go back to that in my head. But Seattle Kraken aren't going away. Like I mean, this team is uh, oh, they were like they were like up for fire it. ants. They were up for they're it. like fire ants where they come and bite you, but they like it hurts, uh-huh. and then they just keep biting, and you can't you can't swat them off like a like a horse fly, mm-hmm. you know, dude. They, bite you in the middle of your back where your hands can't reach and they just keep biting and it keeps hurting and they just never go away. I mean, Seattle is, they're, they're a beast. I give, I give Colorado a ton of credit in in battling back, obviously to to win that game last night because the Seattle team's no joke. Like they're, they're they're battle hardened, hungry, nasty in your face team. Yeah. uh, I was really impressed with Seattle and they were, yeah, I could not believe they didn't go away once the haymakers started pouring yeah. in and they, they put the two goals up and you said, hey, Colorado's back in this thing. And also Colorado was playing really good hockey. It, they, yeah. the, they were the champs. They are the backs against the wall and they were just battling in that game. And Makar is just, oh my God, so terrifying to play against him. I would just, it's just the got to be the worst. When he starts doing those shimmies at the top of the blue line and just like, oh, oh yeah, like good luck with that. It's you like know, AI. He yeah. Like someone invented him on AI. Yeah. He's just so nasty, but I'm glad Colorado ended up winning the game because boy, it just makes for way more exciting playoffs if they're in it. Colby, we got to run, man. Um, there's huge okay, news yep. from uh, your Raptors land. Uh, you want to know what it oh, is? Okay. Uh, no, I don't care. Yeah, no. You didn't want to have a you know, talk. You know, talk to the actually. TNT what, guys? Is, what is it? Raptors what just fired it? their coach. Oh, whoa! Yeah, yeah Nick Nurse is, is gone. Huge. Yeah, I know. See, I knew I'd get that reaction. Wow! To you. Yeah, the championship coach. Who would have thought? A couple of years removed oh. from a run where Colby Armstrong was texting me in I private was, going, don't tell anybody I'm watching all these basketball games. I love yeah. it so much. Yeah. Hey, don't don't say, though, that I like this. <laughs> I like Kawhi. I like yeah, I know you Kawhi. did. You liked Kawhi. Yeah. You liked Lowry. That it was, is a beast. But, yeah, he's fired, man. Like, wow. Is gone, so that is huge. Yeah. So, Good uh, luck yeah. uh, getting through this one. Yeah, according to Michael Grange, can't confirm that Nick Nurse has been fired from the Toronto Raptors after five years as head wow. coach and five as an assistant. So, yeah. Uh, the guy is gone. Unbelievable. Anyways, Colby Armstrong, thanks for doing this wow. today. And I'm All going right, to uh, react to this now. See you, pal. Yep. There he goes. Uh, one of my favorite guys to talk to, obviously. And yeah, it's fun texting with him last night. And 
Yeah, belief hater stuff comes out. Okay, so Nick Nurse is fired. Can we, what are we doing here? Do I have to take a break? Okay, either way. Um, this kind of seemed obvious to me as soon as the Masai Ujiri media conference started getting delayed. Grange wrote about it yesterday. Really nice piece. He basically outlined, hey, um, usually this guy does this a day or two after the exits, and now every day it's building up to something. And yesterday, our guy Blake Murphy tweeted, Masai's going to speak tomorrow at 11 a.m. And I went, when you've been in this business, as long as you've been in this business, you go, huh, doing it on a Friday. Interesting timing. Doing it on a Friday, well removed from all the other media exits that we saw here. And it's going to be very curious to hear from Masai today in terms of, yeah, what does he have to say? What transpired here? How transparent is he going to be in this? Because Nick Nurse is going to get his side out, okay? Like, he's a clutch guy. He's going to make sure that whatever narrative here, he's not going to get fired and go, yeah, it's because I'm a huge failure. Have you guys <laughs> seen Nick Nurse? Uh, he's pretty loud. Yeah. And these reports that came out that were opened the door by the other people, the, the media that opened the door. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Nick Nurse is going to have his PR team work on exactly what happened here. So what Masai says today is going to be interesting. But I, let's just say I'm not surprised that this is what happened on a Friday and that when I saw this thing, you knew something major was going to be happening and it felt like the coach all along. And the second Nick Nurse opened up the door during this playoff run, it felt like his time here was over. This shouldn't be a shock to anyone. It's just a shock if you put yourself in the shoes of 2019, all of us who all thought he was going to be the Raptors' Greg Popovich. What a moment. Huge. More on this after a quick break. Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Lou. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, there will be no podcast-only portion of the show today because we are staying on the radio. It came in, you know, the bosses walked in the studio during the break and they said, Hey, big dog. Hey, number one, we need you to be the star today. We need you to just pivot immediately. Breaking news. You're staying on for God knows how long <laughs> to discuss the huge news. Nick Nurse, no longer the coach of the Toronto Raptors. We'll talk to Michael Grange in a couple of minutes, find out what exactly happened here, try to get a little bit more information. But quickly, before we do that, it's time for Best Bets, brought to you by Botano Sportsbook. The 2022 Global Sports Betting Operator of the Year used Batano yesterday on the Leafs game. I didn't want to tell people this, okay? I didn't. I wanted to keep it myself. I put a heavy wager on the Toronto Maple Leafs last night. I broke a lot of my codes. I put a lot of ducats down on the Toronto Maple Leafs. But you know what the beauty of it was? Batano has early payouts. So they went up 3 nothing, And guess what old Batano did? They said, don't worry about the rest of this. <laughs> So when the the Tampa Bay Lightning score their goal, I'm even getting nervous thinking about it right now because it was so much money that I was like, oh my God, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I'm doing this. Like I'm putting my emotional and financial future in the hands of the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> Horrific decision. <laughs> <laughs> they get it done. They go up three nothing and boom, boom, boom. The account is completely full. No sweat from a gambling standpoint. So that was very nice last night. And also our best bet yesterday of the New York Rangers ended up being an absolute nail job. They crushed it. 
And so it was a rich evening for the Botano clan here uh, in the, at the JD Bunkus podcast. Subscribe and review. And yeah, follow on Twitter and Instagram where I'm going to throw up a few more extra bets in the future. But yeah, so tonight, very simple. I like the Boston Bruins. I think they're the better hockey team. I still don't trust that it's going to be, I still don't trust Bergeron's going to be in the lineup. And yes, the cats have been plucky, feisty, all of these different things. I'm just trying to bet that the pedigree of the Bruins regular season has mattered and that this actually is a backs against the wall game for them as well. And that Alex Lyon is not going to steal another game from Boston. So yeah, I'm going to go with the puck line. It's a bigger line here. It's plus 155 for that, which I think is really good value for Boston win by two goals. So, yeah, that's what I'll be taking tonight. Boston Bruins minus one and a half on the puck line, plus 155. That is Best Bets brought to you by Botano Sportsbook. The game starts now. Hit me up in the DMs anytime if uh, you're looking to play Botano for the first time. Um, Okay, so back to Nick Nurse. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Um, This is such a weird one for me, like uh, uh, reacting on the fly from just this standpoint is the guy won a championship here. This is not a city that has hung a ton of banners and the way that he went out, I think he spoiled a lot of goodwill in the city. This is someone who was on stage with the Arkells at Budweiser stage and doing a, how many head coaches had as many commercials as Nick nurse did in the city, right? Yeah. Like he was, uh, what was his approval rating after the championship? A billion. <laughs> like he was loved here. He did corny ass things like wear a Nick nurse branded hat. Again, another thing that other coaches do not do. And people let him get away with it here because he was a winner. And you felt like you had the strategical advantage when Nick nurse was your head coach. And that some of the cringy stuff like the hat, like the berating of the officials, like sometimes getting it into, into it with his players, like some of the murmurs about the way that some of his people exited the staff, all those things were forgiven because this guy was a winner. But over this last year, I think a couple of things got revealed. Maybe you could even say a little bit over these last two years. One, tough with development. All of a sudden, the Raptors, who had become known in the Masai Ujiri era for taking really good players, and this isn't all on Nick Nurse. I'm just saying that it has to be at least mentioned. The young guys stopped playing. It was, hey, look how good this guy is with Terrence Davis, where he benches him, and then the next night he plays him against Charlotte, and he has a terrific moment, and this guy knows how to develop. All of a sudden, it was a lot of Malachi Flynn just sitting on the bench for eternity, never getting an opportunity with this team. He basically wanted to play six guys and six guys only. And is that partially the front office's fault? Uh, mostly probably the front office's fault for not giving him better depth. Absolutely it was. But it became very, very clear that Nick Nurse was going to do everything it took to win and everything it took to win in regular season games. So he grinded his guys into dust. Every single night it was heavy, heavy minutes, heavy, heavy minutes. And when the injuries started to pile up, people were starting to go, huh, okay, maybe some of these guys are injury prone, but I also have a coach that plays everybody all of the time in the load management era for a team that, again, won a championship on the backs of load management. Then there were some of the interactions with some of the players that started to boil over and get public. Most notably a year ago, Pascal Siakam, where we actually, it was such a five alarm fire here for a second. People had wondered if Pascal Siakam had been traded. I remember I actually texted our next next guest asking him like, Hey, what are you hearing? And he was like, stay tuned. <laughs> he was awesome. on. I was like, yes, I'm all, I'm an insider. Cause I know insiders. And then the, then all of a sudden, the losing starting to pile up this year, and Nick Nurse is just getting into officials every single night. And he's just got that red face yelling at them over and over and over again. And you're starting to look at this and go, this is kind of annoying. And then all of a sudden, around Christmas time, 
the reports leak that maybe he is going to leave. And it was really under the radar. There was actually a Shams report where it was going, hey, maybe these parties aren't too happy here. There was a year before where they were already rumored that Nick Nurse could be involved in a trade, like the Lakers really wanted him, and Masai Ujiri went up to the point and was like, this is our guy. There, no one's going to get him. We love Nick Nurse. A year later, he's firing him. There is no asset here. Nothing has happened. But yes, the souring of Nick Nurse these last few months where he basically set fire to his Toronto legacy by opening up the door for departure, by making it seem as though he had one foot in, one foot out, by getting super contentious with members of the media and thusly the fan base. And yeah, credit, like I said this on the show a couple of days ago, you guys heard me say it. Credit to Grange, who has been sitting through this entire diatribe, because when Nick Nurse, at his exit interview, tried to play the game of like, I was just playing off of what you guys forced me to do. It's like, Grange stood up as the senior reporter in the room was like, ah, no, that is not how it went. This is revisionist history, essentially. And you're the one who did this. You're the one who opened the door. You're the one who did these questions. And then you were the one that acted really like a child when presented with the actual facts once the season was done and over with. Anyways, Nick Nurse is gone and Michael Grange is on the line. What's up, Grange? How we doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. How's Sorry. it going, J.D.? Sorry. Sorry for that. Sorry. I had Sorry. to get the takes off my chest because now it's about asking you the questions. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, good. So you wrote this piece yesterday. I read it. It was really good. It was about, Hey, what's going on here every day that it actually, it was kind of funny because I've been so locked into the Leafs. I completely forgot Masai hadn't done it. And I went, Oh, he hasn't done it. And then it gets leaked. That it's going to be a Friday and you go, all right, something's happening here. Um, how long uh, like, is there any level of surprise to you that this is what the outcome was given that they waited those extra few days and yeah, you sort of foreshadowed it again in your piece. Well, uh, they're surprised in the sense of like, I talked to like three or four people who would, you know, a couple of people who would absolutely know and a couple other people who would be in position to know or have a good feel for what's going down in the, in the market and um, in the coaching market. And you know, it was it, there was a feeling that that he was going to be back, that there was going to be some kind of uh, kind of meeting of the way, meeting of the minds, and they'd find a way forward. And um, you know, maybe not as a, a big juicy extension, but some kind of compromise there. And uh, you know, so from that sense, I'm a little surprised based on you know what I knew 24 hours ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but big picture, like I'd been saying all along, so that was a bit of reversal for me. I mean, I was kind of saying all along that, no, I, I, how do you put the toothpaste back in the tube? There's definitely points of, of, uh, difference. have certainly emerged this year. And, um, you know, based certainly on the way Nick handled himself that, you know, a couple of occasions at the end of the year, you would have thought that, uh, he'd be happy to go and they'd be happy to have him go. And, um, you know, so the, the, but I can't confess as of this morning, when I saw that, I was like, Oh, I knew that was going to happen. That was, it was, if anything, I might have, I was kind of anticipating going there and everyone holding hands and we're moving forward. But, uh, but, uh, I was wrong. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but that's, that's the business. And, uh, I can't say they're wrong. I think this is, you know, one move they, that's wise to make. And, um, you know, there's, there's a good argument here for a new voice. 
Yeah, and uh, Adrian Wojnarowski already reporting that Ime Udoka will, in fact, be a front-runner candidate for the Toronto Raptors. So where do you think, because, you know, 24 hours ago he thought, hey, they're delaying this thing, and yeah, it felt like it could go one of two ways, that they're saving it as a Friday news dump because they don't want the bad PR of saying, we're back with this head coach who everyone felt like they were out on a month ago and just came off of such a disappointing season. What, like you're going to run this entire thing back? Or they were saving the Friday news dump because there was going to be a significant change announced. It was going to be one of those two things. But where do you think like this this change potentially happened? Because like, again, you go, you're talking with people, it feels like they're going to have a reunion. And I know Nick Nurse was fired, but it, it does stand to reason that this is a firing where someone was like, well, I kind of quit, fire me anyways, I'm not here, right? Like that Nick Nurse had more control in the situation than it, it would seem from the outside, that this is like a purely Raptors decision. Do you, do you have any indication as to which side of these parties wanted out? I, I would think this is, I think Nick was looking for a new opportunity, yeah. uh, which isn't to say the Raptors were, you know, throwing their hands up in horror. Oh no, what are we going to do? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that there were tensions this year. Um, you know, I've reported as much and, you know, the kind of sticking points have been, you know, some of the details we don't know, but the broad strokes are, are pretty evident, right? Like, I mean, this is a team that uh, has spent two years not playing anyone off the bench in a significant way. And so, you know, the, the coach always has the option of saying, well, when I play them, they're no good, <laughs> you know, but, but it's hard to get good if you don't play. And, uh, that, that I don't, I think they were pretty, they were, uh, there was definitely a big difference of opinion on that. I think that the way they played was, you know, it, it certainly had, it, it's, it certainly could be effective and has shown to be effective at times, but it was very demanding on, a team with a short bench that uh, really rode their starters. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and I think those would be the the two main issues. And I think uh, at times when that got questioned this year, uh, you know, Nick, you know, felt unsupported. You know, Mm -hmm. he would have, I think if they had fired him halfway through this year, through the year, Nick would have been happy with that. Um, He would have been fine. I'll take the, you know, I'll I'll start looking for my job. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, uh, you know, so the fact that it got to this point is, is uh, you know, I, I don't think the Raptors wanted to make that move. But, um, you know, I wouldn't call it an amicable part, part, parting, but I don't think it's it's like Nick's world is crashing around him because he got fired. And I no. don't think the Raptors are, you know, kind of uh, running around chewing their fingernails going, oh, what have we done, what have we done? I mean, I think it's just time. I think Nick was a great coach here. Um, he had... You know, he showed himself in different situations to be really, really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, But he wasn't perfect. And guess what? When he didn't have a roster um, that included a bunch of Hall of Famers and and all NBA players, he was, you know, he was like every other coach. He he kind of struggled. And and I think you could argue that – that the fact that he didn't want to embrace a more development approach when, you know – through some of that kind of kind of hurt him in the end yeah I, I do think that it at least should be noted in all of this that as much he was a championship head coach um there was a lot of innovation during that time obviously most famously boxing one which i'm watching the game yesterday i'm watching the sun's game light at night and i go oh cute the the clippers are doing boxing one against the the suns late in this game oh that's our thing. And so, yeah, Nick Nurse deserves a lot of credit for that championship run but it should also be mentioned that he never won a playoff series without Kawhi Leonard. Um, so 
It's like, yeah, all right. Uh, when we do the genius stuff, uh, I go, yeah, I think the Raptors will survive. And so I'm just interpreting what you said there in terms of both sides and not being amicable. This isn't a kumbaya moment, obviously. It's still a firing. But, yeah, I think that the Raptors will be fine. They clearly had their backup plan idea in place, at least, with the M.A. Odoku stuff. And I do wonder what this was like. That's why I asked the question in terms of, yeah, I wonder when they got in that room. And they said, what does everybody want here? Yeah, whether or not the Raptors, like how it went, who basically made the first move of, I think we should make a departure here, whether it was the Raptors or whether it was Nick Nurse. I think that, yeah, that's going to be up, uh, that's going to be fair game. Maybe something that we'll figure out soon here. But do you believe, because Nick Nurse kept saying at every media availability, or at least at his final two, that he and Masai Ujiri, like, I want to win, he wants to win. I want to win, he wants to win. We got a lot of, we've got a good relationship. Um do you think that relationship was as tight as he, th- he made it seem? Like, do you think there was some disconnect between the head coach and the front office in terms of the roster and the goals of this franchise? Yeah, I think, I think of course. Like, I mean, I don't think, uh, you know, uh, it's a, it, the relationship is usually tense. It gets really tense when teams lose, when expectations aren't met. Um, but it wasn't, to my understanding, like they couldn't be in the same room together. Like my they were, as, I, as far as I understand, were meeting this week. Like, they were in the same room this week, um, kind of doing a deep dive and doing an analysis and trying to find out what went wrong. And I think if you're, um, you know, just like at the trade deadline, you know, you had, they had all kinds of options. I think one of them, and the one they executed was, well, what if we take this group and add an obvious missing piece? Mm-hmm. What happens? And so, similarly, you come to this stage and you're like, well, what if we take this group and have someone who maybe we're more on the same page with than we have in the past. And I think another factor that I didn't mention is someone who uh, is new eyes, new voice, and who is willing and determined to hold everyone accountable from the, you know, from the number one guy in the roster to, to number 17, right? And I'm not saying... You know, Nick wasn't didn't do that or wasn't capable of that. But um, I think internally there was a thought that some of that stuff had slipped. I think it's hard, maybe at times, to transition from you know a super veteran championship or championship aspiring team to you know a kind of a new group with new goals and new aspirations. And and you know those guys need to be coached. They need they're not at the level of Marcus All and Kyle Lowry and. And these guys, and so there needs to be maybe a firmer, more direct approach. And, um, you know, I don't know if that was a great strength of Nick's. I'm not saying it's something he can't do, but I think there was a sense uh, internally that that wasn't going on enough. And so, you know, you can kind of say, well, I'm sure part of the discussion since the season has ended is, is like, this is what we need. Are, are, you know, are you capable of doing it? This is what we want. Are you capable of doing it? Are you willing to embrace that. And, you know, and if you're in Nick's situation and I talked to a GM in the league the other day mm-hmm. and he said, look, he'll get a job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like it's, there's, there's a couple of jobs open that we know of and you know, they're, they're pretty good jobs. If you want teams with a lot of upside and potential in Houston and Detroit, um, although he's not going to Detroit, we know that. Um, Could you imagine? But, <laughs> but um, you know, but it's, you know, in a, in a week or so, we're going to have four more teams eliminated, and some of those jobs might come open, and, and you know that cycle will get repeated. And if you're Nick Nurse going, you know, you know you're going to get a job, and do you want to kind of try and reinvent the wheel here and 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 
be under scrutiny there, especially when probably doesn't come with, you know, a four-year, $40 million or $36 million extension or $32 million extension. Or do you go, you know what, I'm going to go somewhere that's maybe a little bit further down the road, uh, somewhere where I am going to get that fresh money and I can start fresh myself. I mean, you know, it's, when you put it in that context, you know, like I said, I don't think Nick Nurse was – was uh, is in tears that this uh, that this came to pass. Well, th- that was always why I thought the Houston thing was interesting. Because okay, there's been murmurs that Harden might end up going back to Houston when the Philly run is done, and that it weirdly it just yeah, especially considering his exit from that franchise. But that a lot of people think like that's a done deal. It feels as much smoky as when LeBron was in his last year at Cleveland and everyone was saying Lakers, Lakers, Lakers. So you go, okay, that makes it make a little bit more sense with him. But yeah, if you're looking at what happened here the last couple of seasons, and I know the Raptors had a rookie of the year winner in Scotty Barnes, but yeah, I don't know. You're a young team. Nick Nurse doesn't seem like the most seamless fit. I guess they know him as an organization. That one is. But yeah, there could be some other jobs that come up. And I even think about stuff like, hey, it's not all his fault. There were so many mitigating circumstances, but is it outside the realm of possibility that like a guy like Taylor Jenkins gets fired if the Grizzlies get embarrassed in a bunch of these games? Like they decide to pivot and they well, want to change something. Like, yeah, I just, I, do you think Nick Nurse is going to be a guy who's going to have a, his pick of the litter is essentially where I'm going to go with this question. I think he's going to have a good opportunity at a good job because the jobs, most of the jobs that are available now, or the two that we know are available now are good jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it's going to take some patience, but it takes your chances. Um, and, you know, if I, I, I can't really see Memphis, but, you know, let's say Philly, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I mean, that's another if, fair one. If Philly, if Philly kind of falls on its feet and, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to convince Joel Embiid not to throw a temper tantrum and demand his way out, then, you know, the I think pretty sure it would take not too long for them to move on from Doc Rivers. And, you know, so you go to Joel Embiid, well, you know, you're pretty good. You know, Nick Nurse has given you all sorts of problems, so maybe you want him on your side. And, and maybe there's an opportunity there. And, mm. You know, so, like I said, I mean, I, when you see the names that are reduced to some of the jobs that are open already, mm-hmm. you know, like Frank Vogel, he's an interesting coach. But, I mean, you know, I don't think you'd, it's a – like Nick would be in the conversation as one of the, the if not the top candidate available, I think. Yeah. And, um, you know, so like I said, he, he gets to, to avoid it. And I think coming here, I think it's, I think they're in for some tough flooding here. Like I could be wrong, but I, I just, I'm not sure that there's a obvious and quick way to turn things around and, and get to, you know, a conference final type contender. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so when you've already been here and you've been to the mountain top, um, you know, again, if there's an easier option, you know, you take it. So, and like I said, I think if Nick Nurse, you know, when they were 12 and 21 from what, November 30th to February 1st, and uh, somewhere in the middle of that, uh, I would not have been surprised if Nick Nurse had sort of been wishing to be fired, <laughs> you yeah. know. So I don't think this is, uh, you know, again, I think this is, this was coming. Yeah. I, would, uh, I thought it might've been avoided, but it, it wasn't. I would imagine that, yeah, the shine hasn't come off of Nick Nurse because of, yeah, the the way that things ended in Toronto, the, that the, the rest of the league would still view him as a highly coveted head coach, even though 
yeah, like I said, some of the stuff with the development and the winning post Kawhi has not really been there. Okay, so I think this is the big one for Raptors fans, and it's probably it, I, I know that this is happening so quickly, and so it's almost unfair to ask you some of these questions, but. I think the fear that Raptors fans would have in a move like this is that you completely blame the head coach and then try to run back the roster with a different set of eyes and a different head coach and see what happens to you. Do you think that this move materially impacts the way that they're going to approach this offseason from a roster construction standpoint? Hard to say. I mean, it shouldn't, right? Like it should be, you should, you know, you should be able to see through, um, you know, you, you should, you should be able to properly assess your roster and not um, make those decisions based on, well, our coach didn't like our team, so we'll fire him and get another one in here. Um, I think the fact that they made this move, it shows that, hey, they're, they're, they're willing to make moves. They're willing to, you know, the Kirk status quo isn't good enough. But I would just caution and say, you know, it's hard to make – you know, I think they're, they're, the number of options they have is fairly limited. And, you know, when you boil it all down, it keeps, to me, it keeps going back to Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's hard to kind of convince yourself you're going to improve your team by trading your leading scorer, I believe leading rebounder and second best playmaker, and, you know, a sterling citizen who developed in the organization and, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like you might mm-hmm. like, and, and it might be necessary to bite that bullet. But um, if you're an incoming head coach and let's say it is in the Odoka, who the last time he was coaching was in the NBA finals, mm-hmm. um, you know, like he might be interested in coaching Pascal Siakam. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so when you take that out of the equation, um, it's really hard to see moves other than on the periphery and using your mid-level and, you know, maybe you've kind of packaged something around Chris Boucher or whatever, but, you know, you're not talking about fundamental uh, changes to your roster. But um, but I could be wrong, right? Like, and, and you know, again, if, you, if you're trying to be aggressive with this team, the, the you know, I think it is Siakam who sort of has to be most likely included and you know maybe that really does you know get you more balance it opens up more room for scotty barnes mm-hmm. it uh you know builds up your prospect cap a little bit builds up your draft equity a little bit and um you know it can become part of a bigger plan but uh you know i don't think this move guarantees the next move well i'll just say as a history lesson for raptors fans that that's what everybody thought when they hired nick nurse was that, hey, they're just running it back and it's a different head coach. And then they made the trade for Kawhi. So I'm hoping that it's a very similar mindset of, yep, we are making a change at the top and we hope that this does have a direct impact on our culture and all of these different things, our strategy, um, some communication potentially, some resetting of the lines of communication between the front office and the coaching staff, but that ultimately, yes, everything still remains on the table if the right deal does come along. Um, do you think Emei Odoka is the, the number one candidate? Like, is his name being out there for so long and now immediately getting pushed today, it, does it feel like it's him or bust to you? Uh, I would think that there would be at least three or four names considered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think you're doing bad business if you have one guy and you don't already have my contract. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I mean, I think there has, you know, the relationship is there. Um, if, you know, the first text I got was somebody saying it was going to be email, 
Um, you know, and people like, you know, like I'm not going to pretend I'm more plugged into Woj, and, and he certainly uh, was pretty quick with the email uh, name. It's been out there before. Doug Smith mentioned him. So um, there feel, certainly feels like there's momentum there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I, I, you know, I've asked that question directly, and, you know, the answer was he would be one of a number of candidates. And, mm. and um, but, you know, he would he would check off a lot of boxes, right? Like he's a very, di- you know, just talking to people new in Boston, very direct communicator, very direct with his players, very direct publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously has a really good resume in terms of years with the Spurs, years with the Sixers, and then, of course, the you know, what he did in Boston. So, you know, I don't think it's, uh, you know, I think the Raptors would be, I think it'd be a great hire if they could get him. Again, if you're going on the list of names, you see attached a number of these jobs, mm-hmm. you know, I think he'd be, he'd be right at the very top. Well, and it's nice that Brooklyn floated the test balloon with MA and everyone went, you can't add more drama to the situation. You can't add it. But now it just feels kind of like, yeah, all right, um, that's done. And I'm sure it will be a story when he does return in terms of uh, his past and the reasons that he was fired and he'll have to address that in some way. But I do think that, yeah, the time in between that now has, yeah, materially changed the way that it's going to perce- be perceived by NBA fans or whatever fan base doesn't end up getting him. Okay, so last one for me, and I know you got to fly and then uh, get down here to this media conference, which again is today starting at 11 o'clock. Um, you used truth serum in your latest article, which I noticed because it's my thing. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> If you could give truth serum to Masai Ujiri today, what's the number one question you want answered? Uh, what's he going to do with his roster? You know, um, and, uh, you know, how much accountability he's going to take for, for you know, a roster that has some very obvious holes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, maybe an offbeat one would be, do you think in a weird way they were set back by the year they had last season? Um mm. Right, like they yeah. kind of, they kind of cheated them—not not cheated, but they kind of finagled, finagled their way to 47 wins. And I believe, I think we look back on that. There's a lot of fool's gold there. Mm-hmm. And you know, had they won 37 wins or 32 games, and you know, picked you know ninth in the draft and not made the <laughs> you know the Thad Young trade and this that Oof. and the other. Right then, Oof. you know what I mean. Like maybe they needed that additional development year to to sort of uh, to solidify what they what they had, and um, you know, in a weird way, I think that year, which was so delightful in many ways, I think in a way, you know, in some ways, kind of they're, they're paying for it. But I doubt if. But that's just me thinking weird. Uh, I actually think that is a super important question, especially considering I'll do this and I'll let you go. But yeah, considering the discussions that we were having about the Raptor season going into that year and then how quickly it flipped and yeah, you're bang on. And that that young trade and having the, the hangover of that a year later, that's what makes it so weird to think about the Raptors admitting that they made a bit of a mistake getting overly aggressive because yeah, if you trade guys like Pascal Siak and you take a step back roster wise, you don't own your first round pick next year. <laughs> like you, you make that decision look even worse, and it's not as protected as I think a lot of us expected it to be when it first happened. Anyways, Michael Grange, I look forward to uh, listening in on Masai Ujiri today. Uh, look forward to your questions, and thank you so much for doing this today. I really do appreciate you coming on on the fly, buddy. Okay, no problem. Anytime, JD. Take care. There's Michael Grange, senior reporter for Sportsnet. 
teller of truths. Man, I love, I'm serious. I, I mean this. Grange always steps up and asks the hardest questions. And that's why he's the right guy to ask the truth serum thing too. It's because he'll ask it. And he'll, he'll probably even bring that up. But yeah, you look back, okay. I don't want to make this seem like Nick Nurse. This, this is what I think people are afraid of. They're afraid of the Raptors looking at this and saying, Nick Nurse was the problem. And now that he's gone, now that the bad man is gone, we can reassess this. We can readjust. If they bring in M.A. Odoku, this is a guy who was at a championship level. He helped develop Jason Tatum. You're bringing him in, and all of a sudden, things could end up being fixed with this roster. The Raptors are more competitive than we thought they should be because that is the indication that the front office has given for the last two years. They haven't made those trades where they've stripped away parts. They haven't forced the playing of younger players. They did make the Thad Young trade a year ago saying, yeah, we're going to try to bolster this lineup. Going to give up a first-round pick. That's two years in a row where the Raptors have traded their first-round pick. I feel like nobody says it that way because they go, oh, they traded that. It's like it's two years in a row where the Raptors traded their first-round pick. The indication from the front office has been, we think these guys are pretty damn good. And, and this is what I want to dive into quickly before we take the break here. The fool's gold line that Grange gave, I think that's the most important thing here. The Raptors have looked at their organization, they've looked at their team, and they've said, you know, the way that we used to do things around here is by trying to win. We're a team that tries to win. We don't tank. We don't take steps backwards. We try to win. We try to win. We try to win. And we put ourselves in positions. That's the best way to make our players develop. It has worked out in the past. Granted, it was when a coach would play more than six guys, more than seven guys. But they doubled down on that theory of keep playing them, keep playing them, keep playing them. And what? Keep trying to build a winner around these guys. They tried to build a winner around these guys. They went to that series against Philadelphia. Obviously, Siakam gets off to a bad start. Scotty Barnes looked good. He gets hurt. I wonder if they looked at that and thought, hey, we're right there actually with Philly. We're right there. We're very, very close to them. Now let's double down again. Let's keep this roster. Oh, wait, it wasn't looking very good. Whatever. We're going to go and try to get Pirtle. But at the beginning of last year, the narrative, I had Bobby Webster on. I was doing the morning show. We had Bobby Webster on the morning show and had to ask him a question of the two timelines. What are you trying to figure out here? Now that you have Scotty Barnes and now that you have a couple of older players, it feels like there are competitive timelines. And can they actually merge together? And Scotty wins rookie of the year. And people go, maybe they can merge them. Maybe they can figure out a way where these two things work together. And that almost always is a mistake in sports. The trying to ride two different organizational philosophies instead of just picking one road usually bites you in the ass. And so what happens from here? Does Masai Ujiri and co. decide that they need to try to continue down the twin stream path of, well, you're too good to tank, but you're not good enough to be in a conference finals. So your pick next year won't maybe relative, won't hurt you as bad because you finish... They pick 18th, 19th, 20th. Or do they just say, you know what? The coach is gone. We made roster decisions that were not good ones, but we're not going to double down on it. We're going to pick a direction now. Mm-hmm. We're going to move one way or the other, and we're going to move this way with this new coach. Hopefully, again, it is Emi Odoka because it seems pretty clear that he is their number one candidate. And move forward with like an actual concrete, solidified direction, not, hey, whichever way the wind is blowing that particular week. Are we tanking? Are we blowing things up? Are we doing a reset? Are we pulling it back? 
that they do have now a really strong vision of what is going to happen here moving forward. And it starts with Nick Nurse, and it starts with, man, it's going to be a super interesting media conference today at 11 o'clock. And again, we're going to have it right here on the Fan 590. Eric Smith coming in here in a second. He will guide you all throughout this. And yeah, kind of react immediately to what Nick, or sorry, what he has to say about this coach. And yeah, so we'll take a quick break. We'll come right back. And Eric Smith will be here. It's next. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading the J.D. Bunkus podcast. Subscribe and review. Do all those nice things. Nick Nurse gone. Eric Smith is in next. Next.